On this edition of the Fabricators Podcast, what we're going to be discussing is how machinery and equipment is affecting the fabrication industry as a whole. Today, I'm going to be joined by Bob Farrell, once again, of Farrell Marcom, who's a well-established writer and has written a lot of articles for the Fabricator, Job Shop Magazine, and Steel Service Center Magazine. Let's get started. All right, welcome back, guys, to the Fabricators Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Today, we're going to have Bob Farrell joining us again, talking about what we see as a trend when it comes to equipment in the fabrication industry. Bob, thank you so much for uh, joining us here, and it's great to speak with you again. Hey, Brad, thanks for for having me again. Yeah, absolutely. I know that you had some things that you wanted to kick kick this off with and some questions for me. So uh, I'll let you go ahead and take things away and um, interested in seeing what we can discuss here today. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've written a few articles in the past and, and it seems like also whenever, you know, flip open a magazine such as the fabricator or any of the, um, the industry magazines, there's always uh, two or three articles in there. It seems like about the um, company that bought a new, new machine, whether it be a fiber laser, press brake, water jet, whatever it might be, and um, what they hope to gain from that. Uh, obviously, you know, you don't purchase a machine not to not to get some good return on your investment. Um, can you speak to that a little bit as to far as far as what the what you're seeing from your customers as far as mach- machine acquisitions go? You know, they're buying um, new machinery, uh, used machinery, uh, what you're seeing along those lines? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what we're seeing from a trend, a lot of customers now with, um, you know, the new fiber lasers that are coming out and the lower cost fiber lasers that are coming out of the marketplace, more organizations are turning more to uh, lasers in general. So back in the day, if you could figure out a specific use case for uh, punch machines, you would want to leverage punch machines mostly because of their speed. Um, But today, uh, fiber lasers are so much faster than any punch machines out there, especially on outside contours. Uh, that more and more individuals are swapping out either their punch uh, punch machines, their old CO2 uh, machines into a, um, a laser uh, when it comes to the, the fiber laser. When you take a look also when it, for special use cases for punches, a lot more individuals, a lot more in- organizations are utilizing punch laser combos uh, for the, um, such as a fiber laser. However, I, I really saw that trend starting probably about three or four years ago. And most organizations have made that switch. And really where we're seeing um, more individuals looking for, because these machines are so much faster uh, now than the old CO2 or the old punches, is on load and unload or what we call line control type um, type solutions. So these machines are, are, are flying now and, and cutting parts so quickly. The biggest bottleneck out on the shop floor itself is um, is the load and unload process itself. The other bottleneck that we're seeing more and more of is on the inside inside the shop, so the front end. Um, so those two bottlenecks now are, are no longer the machinery or the equipment. It's more on the load unload type uh, uh, solutions and also uh, the front office is, is not uh, keeping up with the machines out on the shop floor itself. So yeah, obviously machines are uh, a good investment for companies that have the uh, you know the means to um, to take, make that jump. 
What are you seeing as far as uh, some software goes, uh, as far as what companies are, are looking at now and, and uh, any, any kind of metrics you might be able to offer on that as well? Yeah, well, exactly what I said before. So it's so fast now. These machines are just absolutely flying that more organizations are trying to figure out how to unload or use line control software to automate that process. So loading of sheets and unloading of sheets. Um, and that's just for that one segment, which is the, the profile cutting equipment. Um, so there's a lot of software out there. The other side of it, too, is, is the CAD CAM side. Back in the day, everybody was so concerned about uh, the best nesting algorithm to fit the best parts and the most parts on a sheet. However, when you take a look at how fast machines are moving now, more people are concerned about the speed of which um, you know, those machines are, are cutting and how fast you can program. I had a customer the other day that I was talking to and they were discussing you know, what he said was uh, feeding the beast. So that beast was his new uh, fiber laser. So he removed four CO2 lasers, switched over to one fiber laser, and he still couldn't keep up. And the reason he couldn't keep up was he, one, had software that he had to do a lot of man manual manipulation of the nests, but also he had to go into the line control and tell it where the sheets were to pull those sheets, where the uh, sheets lie, and then also had to get uh, a couple extra guys to offload the sheets themselves. So more software to figure out exactly how to load, unload those sheets, but then also on the CAD CAM side to also make sure the um, individuals are, are able to nest much, much quicker and keep that beast up and running. I mean, if you think about, you know, material cost wise, uh, 55 cents a pound to fit one more part on, or if you're taking a look at a piece of equipment that you could charge $140 an hour, if it's taking you 15 minutes to fit one more part on a, on a nest, it makes a lot more sense to speed up that process, utilize leverage auto nesting, utilize auto line techniques such as load unload of sheets um, to speed up the process. Now, the other side of this as well in where we play is on the quoting and estimating, which is um, the front office side of things. Uh, so while you may have work out on your equipment to load program, once that, that work dries up, um, it, it opens up a, a new bottleneck and we're, we're seeing more and more individuals looking towards, which is on the quoting and estimating side. And even on the ERP side, uh, getting outside of what we do, but the, the business as a whole, if it's not, uh, it doesn't have any business to feed the programmers, to feed the line control, to feed the laser, um, that's where it really suffers. And so we have a lot uh, more individuals coming to us now and trying to figure out a way, how do they increase the uh, amount of business that they can accomplish uh, through quoting and estimating. Um, so that's kind of what we're seeing from a trend on the software side. So do you, uh, you know, as far as that goes, do you have any, any sort of uh, numbers you're able to share as far as what uh, a company might expect to, um, to see improvements? Uh, I don't know if I'm asking that quite right, but uh, any kind of gains from, from, from that approach that you can quantify a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, we've, we've done a lot of surveys with our customers and we've talked a lot to our customers. So, you know, we had a customer the other day that we were uh, speaking with. They have roughly about 20 estimators inside their organization. And their goal um, is to get up to 20 quotes or estimates a day uh, per estimator. And so when we first started and what they had before where they were um, able to accomplish anywhere between one to three quotes a day. 
So when you quantify that, you're talking five, six hundred percent increase the amount of quotes that they're able to accomplish. Well, the other side of that too is if you're able to turn around and make sure you're the first one back with that quote, and also um, make sure that um, you have those quotes extremely accurate, your win rate increases tremendously. Um, so you're able to increase by four or five, six hundred percent the amount of quotes, but then also increase your win rate by twenty percent. So just naturally, if you're getting you know more at bats um, and you're also hitting more uh, home runs, you're going to have more runs in. And so that's what we're seeing is a, as a much higher increase in the amount of uh, jobs that our customers are able to create because they're able to turn around so many more quotes. Um, and what that does is that keeps their machine and keeps their lights on. Uh, it keeps their programmers programming and it keeps their uh, machine or their beast, as my one customer called it. Uh, you know, it keeps their keeps them feeding the beast, which is, um, you know, creating the business and, and turning production um, numbers out. So from a number standpoint, we're seeing, you know, it's kind of twofold, really the amount of increasing uh, the amount of quotes that are, are being able to be increased uh, at a, in, a, in a day, three, four, five hundred percent. But then also uh, the amount of jobs that you have that are one. Uh, and we see it from a compounding, what we call a compounding ROI. Uh, your win rate uh, increases in the amount of quotes that you increase. So it's not just one or the other. So typically when you go and you buy a piece of equipment or something like that, you're able to pull on, let's say, 20% more business. And that's a real status quo. And that's really a, uh, a stand that you look at at any time that you buy a piece of equipment. You know, what percentage can you increase? But if you were able to now also increase the amount of opportunities that you have at jobs, um, it kind of feeds on itself and, and creates a really nice um, ROI that a lot of our customers are looking at. So they're looking at obviously acquiring equipment, but they also want to be able to uh, uh, make sure that they can feed that equipment and they're looking at software to accomplish that. Yeah, I think I've, I've heard you say before, and correct me if this isn't correct, but <clears throat> I think I've heard you allude to the fact that, um, you know, when you really get down to it, with all these uh, new machine and capabilities and 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 uh, quality assurance and so forth, there's really not that much difference between fabricator A and fabricator B, and uh, winning a job mainly comes down to getting that quote out quickly. Is that uh, accurate? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, obviously you have to be extremely accurate uh, in what you're quoting, but yeah, it's the first one back that wins. And and our biggest thing is if we can deliver a, uh, a part when somebody else is delivering a quote, then you're probably going to win that business. Um, and so you're hundred percent correct. And, and the other side of it too, is a lot of OEMs or people that have fabricators making parts for them. They really like who they work with nine times out of 10. And they've been going to one fab shop for a long time And the sales people themselves usually bring, have, have a pretty high uh, impact because you know, OEMs, you know, want to do business with people that they like, people that they can trust and people that they can uh, receive parts from. Now, if they all of a sudden go and, and they have an RFQ and they go to one fabricator uh, just to get, you know, open pricing or maybe they sometimes these uh, purchasing agents, they require, uh, you know, individuals to go to two or three different fabricators to get pricing. No matter how much they like you and no matter how, you know, good of a job that you've done for them in the past, if it takes you a week to turn around a quote and it takes the guy next door to them, you know, an hour to turn around the same quote, they're going to figure out that something's wrong. 
And so really, when you, when you take a look at it, uh, no matter how good of a relationship you have and how much equipment that you have, if you're getting beat to the punch and somebody else is able to turn around a quote much quicker or an estimate much quicker, your uh, OEMs are going to be looking at that and kind of scratching their head and trying to figure out why it's taking you so long. Above and beyond that too, if it's taking you a week to, to accomplish that quote or estimate, that's a week more than it's taking your competitor, which means that it takes them a week longer to get products back. And so again, if they're a guy next door, even if it's a brand new shop, if they're able to turn around a quote or an estimate um, in an hour and it takes you a week, that's going to get them um, thinking. It's going to want to uh, make them probably go with that, that fabrication shop. And it also means that they're going to get their parts back much quicker uh, and probably get their parts back by the time that you have that quote back. And so you're 100% right. Most of these fabrication shops are pretty equal. And most of the time what we hear is, yeah, we're equal, but we have really solid customers. But the biggest thing that we're seeing as a trend now is those customers are coming in and they want to explore other fab shops and, and really speed is king. Um, and I have a, you know, one of our customers always talks about it, how it's not the large that eat the small, it's the fast that eat the slow. And, um, and that's something that we've really taken to heart is uh, it doesn't matter how big you are, how long of a relationship that you have, especially um, as the generational change is happening um, within these organizations um, and as the world just becomes a much faster paced world, uh, really it's, it's speed that is um, key to, to success for a lot of our customers. Thanks, Brad. That, uh, that's, that's helpful. I appreciate your time today. Yeah, absolutely, Bob. And thank you so much for joining us on the Fabricators podcast. Um, look forward to, to hearing from you. I think that we have uh, next week, we're going to have Kevin Waldman, who's with uh, Sectorisoft, joining us as well. He's going to be discussing just some trends that we see uh, from 2020 leading into 2021, um, especially with this whole digital revolution that we're seeing from individuals working from home and how this is going to impact the fabricator. So um, I hope you join us, Bob. And I just want to say thank you very much and, and look forward to uh, speaking with you next week. Great. Same here. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Bob.